not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be confused with medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement. Good evening, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of Red Pill News Live. As always, my name is Zach Payne, the Corruption Detector, and tonight we have a star-studded panel to discuss all of the day's news. I'm going to be live with the ghost of Tortuga. I mean, he'll be here in spirit, so to speak. Who is Tortuga, you might ask? He's that turtle guy with the crosses over his eyes on the thumbnail. I'm probably going to catch some heat for that, but I don't care. This guy right here is really what this entire thing kicking off in Atlanta is all about. Do me a favor, guys. If you're out there on Rumble, tell everybody else to go ahead and refresh. Please hit that like button. Please share the show. Help me by getting it out there on your favorite social media platform. Vector says, I have my show with Zombie Clown in about an hour, maybe two. Well, this should be perfect. Tom Q. Cat here strolls in to watch the show, hops up on Zach's easy chair to watch the show. Tom, I have a, uh, a staging area set up right behind my desk for you and the dogs. Sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, and get ready for tonight's episode of Red Pill News Live. Thank you very much, everyone, for being here. Please... One more plea. Hit that like button. Thank you so much to Jack Attack 17 over on the Foxhole for kicking it off. Sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, and we're going to be right back after this. Uh, Go Dog Go is also a fan of Breaking Bad. Yes, Tortuga was also a character in Breaking Bad. I believe it was Danny Trejo that played him. He was a Mexican mafioso. What do they call him? Uh... Uh, whatever the criminal syndicates are down there in, oh, the cartels, that's right. He was a cartel boss. And uh, in that episode, they chopped his head off and they put it on a tortoise. And then, of course, they loaded that tortoise up with bombs. Now, the Antifa idiots down in Atlanta are nowhere near as sophisticated as the Mexican cartels. But in the same way that the Mexican cartels uh, will not allow their enemies to forget their transgressions. Apparently, these guys and gals down here in the Black Block Brigade uh, who are currently, well, maybe it's over by now, but they've all day been attacking this new site, this construction site. It's pretty ridiculous stuff. Let me take a look, show you guys right here. So uh, the Atlanta police have been building this public safety training center for quite some time. I mean, it's essentially a place where the cops can go to train. I mean, they can probably do uh, drills. They can do, uh, you know, action bay work with their guns. They can do target practice. I bet you they're going to have like a racetrack and they can test uh, spin outs and burns and do donuts and all kinds of cool stuff. But at the end of the day, it's all about making sure that they have the greatest level of control of their firearms and the equipment that they have to use. And uh, apparently, it's being built in a location that the Atlanta Antifa groups are not happy about. And a couple of months back, the man that was previously on screen, Tortuga, 
was the one who shot at the Atlanta police. Well, Tortuga wanted to play man, and he fucked, he after around and found out. I almost said it out loud. Tortuga wanted to play grown-ups, okay? He wanted to be a big boy, and uh, he shot at the police. Well, the police shot back at him, and they killed him. Uh, and there was some kerfuffle about this at that time. The Atlanta Antifa were not happy about it. Uh, so they ended up uh, apparently taking out their ire today again in Georgia. You can see here they are uh, attacking a defenseless uh, backhoe made by Volvo. Excellent piece of machinery right there. What's probably going to happen is that that fire is going to get put out and they're just going to throw a new cab on there and a fat load of good that did the Atlanta Antifa. But you can see here they are LARPing in military garb. They're wearing fatigues. They're wearing their black block. And it wasn't enough to just set this thing on fire. They had to throw rocks at it as well. Uh, that's how much they hate the, the Atlanta police officers. Well, uh, we have new footage, additional footage that's been released. Uh, and uh, the good news is that these guys didn't get away with this this time. Uh, as far as I know, after the event that happened with Tortuga losing his life, uh, justifiably so, uh, I don't believe that anybody else was arrested. At least I haven't seen anything reporting that. I could I could be wrong, okay? Because I, I didn't care that much at that time. But it's interesting now because we have 35 Antifa militants. Make no mistake about it. This is a terror cell that was activated in Atlanta. They had them go out there into the field, attack the police and the defenseless equipment that was right there. Uh, and uh, and here they are. Looks like they're actually throwing bombs or maybe some type of explosives at the fence. You can see there are police officers right there, uh, not ready for the explosions that are coming off. Almost looks like it's coming from different directions. But this began last night at this future site. Okay, it's a it's basically a construction site with a fence around it. I don't know what the specialty about this location is, why the Antifa in Atlanta don't want the police to uh, set up shop there. Maybe they were using it as kind of like a vagrant camp previously. Uh, maybe it's just the fact that it's the police and they just don't like the police. You know, they got that ACAB stuff. Hold on. Muffins at the freaking door. Okay, okay, okay. Come on in. Get in here, guys. Come on. Get in, Muffin. Muffin, get, what are you doing? Get in here. Come on. Muffins on the air. Go, go, lay down, lay down, lay down, lay down. Okay, sorry guys, I'm alone. Lisa is not here. There she is. She's in the chat, but she's not here at the house. Okay, all right. So now just because no police officers have been hurt specifically doesn't mean that this is any less dangerous of a situation. Um, Anytime you have local militants that are attacking a an occupying force, attacking police, attacking some system of authority. Uh, it puts those guys and gals in the line of fire. Um, now, this has been a long time coming, okay, because ever since it was announced that they were going to be building this location, this new training center, uh, the Antifa militants have been looking for ways to mess up the plans that these guys have since about the summer of 2021. And, you know, it's it's almost a miracle that they didn't do some sort of major uh, obscene violence at that time, considering, you know, coming off of the heels of, uh, of the summer of love. I think at that point, 
Uh, they were probably told to stand down because any type of activity like this would have been immediately connected uh, to what happened on January 6th. It would have overshadowed it, and they couldn't afford to have that happen. Well, it's been a couple of years now, and so, of course, these guys uh, and gals in the Antifa terrorist brigade in Atlanta, uh, they're getting the itch. They're getting that summer itch, and it's starting to get warmer. Uh, so, here is some more footage. This one's coming from Andy No and the Atlanta police. Uh, and it shows that uh, masked attackers are coming in with uh, explosives, potentially just mortars and fireworks. But uh, at the end of the day, it's uh, it's an explosive and it could have harmed anybody that came into contact with it. So we've got five minutes of footage here. We're not going to go through the whole thing, but you can see here the police begin to run and drive away as literally an invading force starts rushing the construction site. All of these people here, these are all ATL Antifa terrorists. Now, I just want I just want to make the the distinction here. You know, what happened in DC on January 6th was a legal protest that was manipulated to turn it into a violent protest, all right? Here, these Antifa militants showed up from the get-go looking to cause as much harm, uh, looking to do as much damage as they possibly could. They destroyed equipment willfully. Uh, they sought to harm officers. And this is the kind of thing that we have been fighting against ever since these people erupted. Now, look, here's a bomb going off right there. <clears throat> and uh, the police... I mean, can you imagine? I mean, seeing all of these people come rushing down, ready to tear your head off. This is this is obviously that same tractor, the backhoe that they had set on fire before. Um, and it looks like they're may, they might have tipped over another vehicle. Oh, thank you, cryogenic. I appreciate you. Old Saucy says, what's going on in Florida? You guys are passing a hate speech law protecting a certain class that's unconstitutional. And the ADL said saying globalism was anti-Semitic now. See the play. I'm not familiar with that. And I'm not passing an anti-hate speech or a hate speech law or anything like that. Uh, I think that any type of laws that infringe free speech should not be made and should be illegal. It should not be illegal for me to tell you my opinion about a person, no matter what that person identifies as or what their nationality is uh, and how bad that opinion is. So if this is what's happening, then uh, we're going to have to address it in some fashion. But take a look. You can see here every single one of them is in black or they're in their uh, their masked garb. Uh, you got a couple of couple of young boys holding hands, as that uh, should be expected. Um, <laughs> but this was an organized attack on the Atlanta police, absolutely coordinated and organized from the very beginning. Uh, and you can also see that ninety nine percent of them are 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 white men as well, white men. All right, so. Uh, we have an update that came out uh, around 2 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, we have photographs 
uh, and the identities of 23 suspects from this terror attack on the police training center. Let me see. We've got one, two, three, four, four, maybe five, maybe five out of over 20 that are not whites. So uh, kind of interesting. Who are these people? Well, they say that all of them assaulted police officers and set fire to these uh, equipment, and they've nicknamed it Cop City, I guess, because that's where uh, the police are setting up. Uh, Now, all of them, every single one of them, have been charged with domestic terrorism. Are they going to be convicted of domestic terrorism? That's the real question, isn't it? Anybody can get charged. Who do we have? We have people from all over the nation, too. Suspects from Massachusetts, Arizona, New York, Wisconsin, Louisiana, Indiana, Colorado, Utah, Virginia, North Carolina, Connecticut, Florida, Maine, Tennessee. The only two suspected perpetrators from Georgia are Thomas Jurgens and Jack Beeman. So the reason I think it's important to highlight where these terrorists are from is because one of the common tropes about Antifa is that it's not an organized group. Uh, that it's a loose affiliation of people with like-minded ideals. They hate the government, and they want to institute communism. I think that's a pretty good uh, description of them. But for them to organize across the entire United States, to come together at a certain date and a certain time, I mean, that requires, by its very nature, a certain amount of forethought and planning, wouldn't you think? Wouldn't you think that it would require forethought and planning? So what are the methods of communication that these people are using? Um, I'd like to know if uh, there's any possibility of, uh, of of racketeering charges, of a RICO case here. Certainly, considering the nationwide nature of this group, you would imagine that the Federal Bureau of Investigation would have some type of wiretapped communications on these people. Of course, that's in a perfect world. That's in the world we're supposed to be living in, where law and order rules the land. Unfortunately, as we've seen on so many different occasions, law and order appears to just be chucked to the side when these people are leftists, when these people are Antifa. I am very, very happy to hear that they're being charged with domestic terrorism, Uh, but it's all going to come down to who that prosecutor is and uh, what exactly happens. Now, all of them probably have ample uh, access to funding. Kamala Harris may have already paid their bail. I'm not certain. But we do have uh, some more footage. Oh, here was that initial footage of the police closing the gate and the bomb going off right there. Look, they've even got riot shields. These guys are organized, okay? They know what they're doing. Yeah, it looks like mortars. Like I said, they want to play grown-up. They want to LARP. Southern Poverty Law Center lawyer was arrested as part of Antifa. Oh, my God. That's beautiful. Esther G13 says, I thought Zach was going to describe Antifa as Luciferian because they are. I mean, I'm not going to argue with that. Uh, I mean, I think that many of these people have shown that they are Luciferians. 
Um, but Antifa, I mean, it, it's not it has nothing to do with, uh, you know, a faith or, or uh, uh, you know, in, any type of religion or anything like that. I mean, I, I view it as a political movement. Um, I view the people who are members of that political movement as potentially being Luciferians. I think you're probably going to see, you know, as just as many Luciferians as you would uh, people who would be atheists. Uh, probably going to be split evenly between the two of them. Um, but, uh, but dang, 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 these guys get in charge with domestic terrorism. That's about the best news that we could possibly hope for. I also have some other really good news. We've spoken on this channel on a number of occasions about a group known as Eric. Eric uh, has essentially allowed for control of the voter roll systems in uh, just over 30 states across America. As we saw in both 2020 and 2022, if you can control the system of voter rolls so you know who is actually registered to vote, and then you can learn whether or not they have voted, all of that stuff, you can make sure that the people who didn't get a chance to vote actually do cast a ballot, regardless of whether or not they're alive or if they're in town or if they even intended to show up. You can very... You can very quickly and easily ensure that your candidate gets as many votes as is required because you know exactly who is going to show up and who is going to cast a ballot on Election Day. Uh, let me see. Lose. Oh, OK, OK, OK. I get it. I get it. Um, Esther, you're right. Uh Original Clag says, Zach, I was making that point here, screaming it. They are a loosely organized idea. B.S. I couldn't get this off before you stated it. Yeah, exactly. Loosely organized my ass. I don't buy it. And uh, I'm sure that there are intelligent people in government who also don't buy it. But I also believe that there are probably plenty of people who identify as Antifa who are part of the federal government. And so they just keep up this pretense. Oh, it's a loosely organized idea. What did what did uh, uh, Merrick Garland say the other night? Well, these people, they, they tend to commit crimes at night, so we can't see them. And so we don't know who they are. Thank you. Yes, Jerry Nadler, filter dog one, says that Antifa is a myth. Jerry Nadler doesn't know what he's talking about. Jerry Nadler is uh, a series of Democrat talking points. He is Humpty Dumpty personified. He's not long for this earth. Thank you again to Jack Attack over on the Foxhole. Uh, Pam D also for dropping that cookie and Boise Blanc as well. Uh, also, Boise Blanc dropped another cookie. So did Jack Attack. And then Red Pill Ken says, Ukraine is Antifa, Nazis, Nazi world order. Uh, they are... Uh, there is actually a distinction, in my opinion, between Antifa and the Nazis of Ukraine. I saw an interesting report on RT. A former U.S. military man, a veteran who identified as anti-fascist, went to Ukraine as a mercenary, as a paid mercenary, to fight along with the Ukrainians and when he got there, he was shocked to learn that there were Nazis, that the Azov Battalion was full of Nazis. Anyways, um, he took the information and in all of his videos and he went to Russia and he gave Russia the information, uh, I guess because he felt that the ideals of Russia identified more closely with his anti-fascist nature because they were fighting the Nazis. I don't know. It's a lot of mental gymnastics that you have to do to keep up with it. But hold on, Sean Anon just sent me a message. 
Ah, this is the SPLC attorney is among those that are arrested. Let's pull this up. Let's pull this up, gang, because I think that this is uh, something that we need to. There you go. Eric, Eric, don't worry. We'll we'll talk about your name here more in just a moment. Grinning goons of Antifa, 23 domestic terrorists, including an attorney for the Southern Poverty Law Center, are charged after storming and torching Atlanta's cop city. The tables are turning, gentlemen and ladies. It is finally becoming obvious that Antifa is a terrorist organization. This is something we knew. Okay, we have been way ahead of the curve. I got to stand up, y'all. I got to stand up here. Pardon me. Getting a little hot. There we go. Let me go up just a little bit more. A suspected Antifa activist, a suspected Antifa terrorist charged with domestic terrorism over riots in Atlanta is an attorney for the hard left Southern Poverty Law Center. Thomas Webb Jurgens, 28, is one of 23 people who were detained after violent clashes with police at an Atlanta police training center construction site. Ah, these guys. Here he is. Jurgens joined the Southern Poverty Law Center, which is a blackmail organization, if you ask me, in September of 2021 and worked on its economic justice project. That's according to his LinkedIn page, which I'm sure I'm certain is probably going to be deleted here very shortly. He also worked as an assistant public defender and a legal intern at a U.S. attorney's office in Florida. So now here, take a look at this. When I said that there are probably uh, plenty of Antifa that are in the federal government, this is an example of this. This guy is Antifa. He got a law degree, and then he went to work at a U.S. attorney's office in Florida and then went straight to the Southern Poverty Law Center, where he can probably do even more than he could inside the federal government. This is why I have begged you guys to get a law degree. We need conservatives who care about justice, who care about law and order to enter the legal world. I know you may not like lawyers. I know that you may not care for the bar. Um, Whatever is that the is that they call it the bar, whatever the organization is, you know, you got to pass the bar and be a member of it. Uh, You may not like it, but sometimes, you know, this is what. This is what war requires. It requires us to infiltrate, to go in covertly, and to be part of that system that we are trying to subvert and take over. We need to be the fifth column inside the deep state apparatus that we're trying to take down. That's my opinion. Uh, And I know that we have a lot of good people out there, uh, but we need to really work on that younger generation, you guys, your children, Look at this vector. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Zach, I am seriously considering going back to school and doing a master's in U.S. constitutional law. No joke. Man, I am so happy to hear that because then once you move to America, you can be part of this operation that we have going on right here. All right. So (laughs) quite the difference, quite the difference for Juergens from his LinkedIn picture to his mugshot. Oh, he looks like he hasn't gotten much sleep. Looks like he hasn't combed his hair in quite some time. Oh, man, I absolutely love that he is one of these people. I wonder if the Southern Poverty Law Center has had anything to say about it. 
Here we have some Atlanta Police Foundation uh, 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 members, the CEO and the president, surveying the damage on the site. You know, and here's the thing. This is this equipment is now going to be paid for by the taxpayers of Atlanta. So at, at the Antifa terrorists, all they did was put themselves in prison, most likely, and they have forced the Atlanta taxpayers to have to shell out more money for their harebrained antics. Now, Jurgen's social media profile also details his impressive academic career. Listen to this. He's probably got a lot of money. Uh, He did a term at Oxford in England. His Juris Doctor is from the University of Georgia School of Law. And the Southern Poverty Law Center scooped him up because they're hoping to dismantle white supremacy and strengthen intersectional movements and advance the human rights of all people. But we all know that the Southern Poverty Law Center is a left-wing radical organization that is designed to silence and stifle free speech online. They are anti-Christian, they are anti-freedom, they are anti-conservatism, they are anti-family, you name it, and the Southern Poverty Law Center is probably at the center of it. I'm certain that they uh, support drag shows for children. Who's there? Hi, honey. (laughs) Yeah, Southern Poverty Law Center is uh, terrible. Who are these other people? Uh, Oh my gosh, we have international terrorists here, guys. People from as far away as France and Canada have also been charged. We have uh, a former teacher uh, from a Massachusetts school. Uh, We also have uh, somebody who identifies as a musician and an engineer, leveraging the power of humor, joy, curiosity, and collaboration. I seek to build self-confidence so students can more effectively express themselves and solve problems in any area of their lives. You moron. This is not the way to solve anything. This is a way to solve that ass once you get into prison. I cannot wait to see what happens to these people. We have a serial activist, a serial terrorist, who has also taken a central role in pro-abortion and fair wage rallies. Here's this guy right here from Nottingham, England, who said he became an activist in 2018. (laughs) Oh, this is great. This is great. All right. Well, we're going to stay up to date on this. We're going to stay up. Yes, they crossed state lines. They crossed state lines. They crossed state lines. They crossed state lines. They crossed international boundaries to come here and set these poor, defenseless backhoes on fire. (laughs) Oh, I cannot wait to see what happens to these guys. I am extremely, extremely excited about this. Okay. Mm. Okay. So continuing on, let's talk about some more good news. Eric, as I was stating earlier, is this system that allows the people who want to control the elections the ability uh, to dial down to a laser point degree exactly who has voted, exactly who has not voted. And as a result, because they also control the levers of uh, mail-in ballots, uh, they can completely stack the elections in the favor of whomever they choose. So in Wisconsin, where they use Eric, They have over 7 million registered voters. However, 
there are less than 4 million eligible voters. So the Wisconsin state election that recently happened had far too many voters than people who were actually alive and in that system. So you would think that Eric could be used to clean up this system and ensure that the people who are on the voter rolls are, are real live people. Instead, it's being used for the most nefarious purposes you can possibly imagine. And it's not by accident. This is by design. Eric was designed with this express purpose in mind. It's being used in dozens of states in exactly the same way. And every single state where Eric is used, the, bloater, the voter rolls are bloated. They're filled with dead people. They are filled with uh, ineligible voters of all types. And so as a result, RJ Pye says, thank you, Zach, for putting this out there. I love humiliating those jerks. I hope they are not rescued like the BLM jerks were. I hope so, too. And I feel like we have reached a turning point. Uh, whereas, look at the summer of love. You know, it was like mostly peaceful protests. Everybody was, you know, very flowery language. Gage Grosskreutz, <clears throat> bicep man, he went and did a, a public apology tour he had tears in his eyes, his glistening hush puppy's face. Everybody essentially called him a hero. You, you stared death in the face when Kyle Rittenhouse, you know, took out your your um, your friend, shot him in the chest, and then took out your bicep. You know, how are you going to cope with that? Oh, I don't know, but I'm going to have to find a way to carry on. And now I'm going to use this as an opportunity to go after guns. Guess what, Gage Grosskreutz? The only thing that's going to happen is that you're now going to have difficulty picking up heavy objects for the rest of your life. You're forever going to be branded as the guy who almost got killed by Kyle Rittenhouse for good reason. Gage Grosskreutz now is back in the news because he's suing Kyle Rittenhouse. He's going to have a big legal bill at the end of this. Kyle Rittenhouse is not going to have to pay him out any money because he did nothing wrong. There was nothing wrong that he did. And so, yes, we need to humiliate these people because they have had access to the means of communication for the longest time. They've been the ones that have been in control of the mainstream media. And now that opinion is starting to turn around on them. It's become less and less obvious. <laughs> Excuse me. It's become more and more obvious to the general public at large that Antifa is an organized terrorist organization. And so here we have this latest round of terrorism happening in Atlanta. Uh, you can see right there on video, I mean, these guys were militant, they were organized, they had weapons, they did damage, they did property damage. It, it, there is no other way to put it than to say that this was a terror attack on the Atlanta police training facility that is yet to be built. So getting back to the idea of Eric. Eric says, I don't know, but everyone get away from Eric. Yeah. We really need to get away from Eric. And that's what this story is about. A number of states <clears throat> have chosen to de-enroll themselves from Eric. <clears throat> we had a number of states that stepped away and more states are now starting to follow. This is, <clears throat> excuse me, this is a major problem for the states that had previously used Eric to secure Democrat wins uh, and it's probably going to make it more difficult for them to cheat in the exact same way as they uh, go into the next election. This could be the one move that allows us to have a safe and secure election come 2024. 
Jack Kennedy, 1963. Thank you so much. $50 super chat. Thank you, Zach, for encouraging young people to become lawyers who take their oaths to the Constitution seriously. Thank you. Thank you for recognizing that. Because, you know, this is one of those areas that I feel that, you know, as conservatives, as critical thinking people, you know, we look upon these professions with derision sometimes. It's difficult to... It's difficult to understand how important they are until you find yourself in the middle of a situation where you have to have a lawyer. Yes, definitely people can represent themselves pro se, but to be a part of that actual institution, to be working from the inside and being a patriot and understanding how important it is to take that oath seriously, you can affect a great amount of change by working from within that system. So yes, I definitely appreciate you saying so. So here are the states that have now confirmed they are pulling out of the ERIC system. We have Missouri, we have Florida, and we have West Virginia. Now here in Florida, we already did a good amount of work to get rid of the bloated voter rolls that we had, and that very likely could have helped us in our last election. West Virginia is a fairly Republican area. Uh, There are only two very concentrated areas of uh, Democrats that are living in West Virginia. The vast majority of the state is fairly red. Uh, Missouri, Missouri has had some troubles of its own, but it is by and large a Republican voting bloc. So the Missouri Secretary of State, Jay Ashcroft, actually reached out to the Gateway Pundit and said that these three states are going to be making an announcement today. Here is the press release. Ashcroft leads Missouri, Florida, and West Virginia out of ERIC. Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft, along with Florida and West Virginia, sent letters to the executive director of ERIC, Shane Hamlin, stating their departure from the Electronic Registration Information Center, known as ERIC. For several months, Missouri has been leading other states in an effort to reform the ERIC system by addressing significant concerns and implementing changes in ERIC. We have worked hard over the last several years to implement procedures that will make Missouri elections better, voter rolls more accurate, and bring greater trust to the election process. Voter confidence is compromised when individuals vote in more than one state and nothing is done. It appears that Eric will not make the necessary changes to address these concerns. Therefore, it is time to move on. As West Virginia Secretary of State Mac Warner said, There is no defensible justification to allow any opportunity for partisanship in voter registration and list maintenance, much less in the administration of our nation's elections. In his letter, Ashcroft cited reasons for Missouri's departure, including not requiring member states to address issues of multi-state voters, board broad board protocol procedures, lack of error participation from border states, and unnecessary mailings. Missouri continues to lead the country in accessible, secure, and creditable elections. Now, obviously, taking a look at these reasons why they're leaving Eric, as Mac Warner says, there is no defensible justification to allow any opportunity for partisanship and voter registration and list maintenance, unless, unless your reason is that you're looking to allow these people to cheat. And that's exactly what Eric has been doing. So keep an eye out on this. Because the more states that pull out, 
the more likely other states are to pull out as well. Uh, Now, Michigan is perhaps one of those states that we might see pulling out next, but that has to come from the people. There might be a referendum of some sort. In the meantime, I I encourage you to look and see if your state is a participant in the ERIC system. And if it is, reach out to your secretary of state, tell them about the news of these three states pulling out and let them know that you would like for Eric to also be disbanded within your state. Because the fact that they have had the opportunity to fix the problems and have chosen not to, it goes to show you that they enjoy the benefit of having multiple voters in multiple states. They enjoy the benefit of having a stacked voter roll. They enjoy the benefit of allowing people to cheat. And that's simply not something we can go ahead and allow any longer. Wait a second. Mary Jai says, didn't he denounce MAGA not trolling? I remember donating to him and him later saying he was BLM. Who said he was BLM? I don't know who that would be. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know who you're talking about, Mary. And I don't see anything in the chat. On Facebook, they are claiming this is a conspiracy. What uh, what conspiracy, Bushwood? And I'm assuming that that's Facebook. Hmm. I don't know. I would like to, uh, yeah, tell me what that is, and and we'll talk about this. Now, uh, Algo Midland, Michigan, or Texas? No, I don't need any tea, honey. I need to, like, catch my breath. I feel like I have uh, tightness in my chest. Mm. The Eric machine? Well, it's not a machine. It's a program. Um. Well, I I mean, so here's the thing, Bushwood. Um, I've done a lot of extensive reporting on the capabilities of Eric. And if you let's let's just take a look at the states that that actually use Eric. Now, not having the detailed information about voter rolls in each of these states, I can tell you, Wisconsin, they were bloated by about three million voters. And that right there, please don't say that. Well, honey, I'm just trying to be honest. I I don't know what to say. I mean, that's how I feel. I don't think I'm going to have a heart attack on screen, but mm, here we go. Wow, they don't even have a list. Hmm. Here we go. 30 states use this technology against voter fraud, as they say. But we know that that's not true because here we go. Here's a list. Uh, We have Washington, Oregon, Nevada, Utah, Utah, Colorado, Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, Alaska, Louisiana, Florida, Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Kentucky, Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, Illinois, Minnesota, Iowa, Missouri, uh, all of the eastern states. Vermont and Connecticut and Rhode Island. No, I'm not sick. I'm not sick. I'm not sick. I just need to breathe. Mm. <clears throat> and yes, it could be some type of anxiety, but I I have to I have to do this. I have to do this show, so I'm not going to stop. 
I just want to stop for a second. No, 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 guys, it's not that. It's too much caffeine. I think it's too much caffeine, honestly, because I was tired earlier. I had some coffee, and then I had this bang on top of that. It's not, I'm not having a heart attack. It's not like that. It's not like that. It's not It's not in my arm. It's not like radiating or anything like that. It's just that I, honey, okay, fine. Yes, give me something else to drink then. Yeah, thank you. Okay, <clears throat> so... I uh, just want to, oh, oh, this is another video that I wanted to uh, to show you guys of the destruction taking place there in uh, Atlanta. Nobody's calling this a mostly peaceful protest. They set a field on fire. Look at that. Anyways, I'm very happy, very happy that this turned out the way that it did. Um, we have uh, additional terrorists this time uh, across the pond in Europe. This is the same BS we've seen in the past with them throwing oil on uh, pieces of artwork. Thank God that artwork was coated with special coatings. Here, let's take a look at this. This is so classy. And they're really, really making a statement, right? I wonder if these guys get arrested. You know, the thing about these people, their desire to end our dependence on fossil fuels, it's going to force prices to go through the roof on just basic things like uh, your energy, the electricity for your home, your water bill goes up when they force into greener sources of energy. Because the cost to produce that water, the cost to clean the water, all of it is dependent upon electricity. Having to drive your car, you know, the idea of electric cars is completely dead as far as I'm concerned because we have increasing costs to electrify your vehicle. Now it's more expensive to juice up your car than it is to fill it with gasoline. And if these people want communism, if these people want, uh, you know, some type of equality, I mean, this is not the way to go about it. Uh, anyways, there's no good way to go about it. They're just going to destroy the world if they have their way about it. Okay, so on Saturday, on no, on Friday, on Friday, I had Dr. Andrew Huff on the show. He had been scheduled for a couple of months. And he and uh, BioClandestine got into it on Twitter, and it's it's a larger issue than that. But um, I had invited Clandestine to call in in the call-in portion of the show if he had, you know, any response that he wanted to give to what Andrew had said about his experience at EcoHealth Alliance. And he declined because he said it would probably not be uh, – it would be a tense exchange, shall we say. And uh, And so tomorrow at 6.00 clandestine is going to be here on the show. He's got a couple of uh, rebuttals to things that Andrew Huff had said. 
And so we're going to do a show tomorrow. So if you were one of those people uh, who wanted to hear Clandestine's perspective after my show with Andrew on Friday, then be here tomorrow at six. But the lab leak is at the center of all of this. And I know that the in vogue thing now is to say that the coronavirus began in Ukraine and then was brought to China. Um, I, I don't I don't know if that was the case or not. But what I can tell you is that from the dispersal of coronavirus in the way that uh, the pandemic kind of evolved, it looks like the major dispersal point was there in Wuhan, China. It's pretty much where it radiated out from. Uh, and of course, that was something that they covered up for a very long time. And now just all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they're telling us that, well, yes, it actually was from the lab. I don't know that it's exactly how they're saying, because it's very convenient that now they're telling us that this is how it began, whereas before they were so hell-bent on covering it up. Here at CNN, Jeff Zucker brought down a decree at the network telling people that they couldn't talk about a lab leak as a possible point of origin because it was a President Trump talking point. However, now, of course, everybody's talking about it as if it's just, you know, this is what happened. I am highly skeptical of anything coming from official sources, whether it's the FBI or even the Department of Energy uh, or any organization within the federal government, because I think they have one goal in mind, and that's to control us in the way they think. Uh, And they will say things when it's convenient for them, and they will tell us lies when it's convenient for them. Oh, Karen Kingston, that was a good one, too. That was a very good one. All right. Um, Let me see. What else? I have a ton of other stuff here. Oh, have you guys seen uh, that they they rebooted the show Quantum Leap? Do we have any Quantum Leap fans here? When I was a kid, there was a show. Dr. Sam Beckett stepped into the quantum accelerator and vanished. And, uh, and and he would jump into the bodies of people at different points in history, and he would have to solve problems for them, and then he'd get to leap into another body, all in the hopes that he would eventually leap back into his own body, and then he could be with the woman that he loves. Well, President Trump over the weekend put forward a series of uh, wishes, essentially— let me see. Yes, I remember the show. Hey, truth is out there. Yes, I loved that show when I was a kid. I was totally a, a quantum leap head. And uh, I just thought Dr. Sam Beckett was the coolest thing. And I, I just, yes, I loved that show. I am not so excited about the new version of Quantum Leap. But when President Trump announced his Quantum Leap over the weekend, Agenda 47, kind of a, 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 a hit at uh, Agenda 2030, I think, the first thing I saw was uh, President Trump, instead of Scott Bakula in the quantum... Anyways, if I was sophisticated enough to be able to put President Trump's face onto Dr. Sam Beckett's face, I would totally make uh, an introduction showing President Trump going through history and time and solving problems, because that's exactly what he does. So, what is Agenda 47? This is President Trump's plan to revitalize America come 2024, when he comes back to the office of the presidency. It includes building new cities, creating a new transportation revolution, 
bringing manufacturing back to America and lowering the cost of living all at the same time while rebuilding and beautifying America's existing cities. This basically sounds like what he wanted to do before, but what the deep state and the rhino and dem establishment stopped him from doing. He defined this agenda as a new quantum leap plan that will create a new American future and modernize communities across the country. Now, the fact that he said quantum, I know there are going to be people out there who say this is this is proof of the quantum financial system. I don't believe that to be the case. However, I am excited about President Trump's agenda. Um, it's the antithesis of Agenda 2030. It's the antithesis of the Great Reset. I'm hoping that President Trump gets the opportunity to implement it. I think that he's going to need our help in doing so. Did you guys happen to see <laughs> Energy Bear? You're not wrong. Quantum Leap was early predictive programming. They highlighted racisms every chance they got. I mean, to be fair, it was uh, shows that were taking place during the, the civil rights movement and stuff. So I don't know. I mean, I don't see how you can talk about those things without talking about racism. I mean, racism's real, and it existed here in this country, but it had largely, to a great degree, I think, uh, abated at a certain point. And then Obama came into power, and all of a sudden it was everywhere all over again. Leanne63 says, you are so appreciated, Zach. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate that. Yes. And uh, did you guys happen to see President Trump's speech at CPAC? Uh, in this uh, uh, in this agenda, uh, he, of course, had to talk about Joe Biden and uh, the terrible job that he's doing, how China is basically overtaking us. He also laid out a mass deportation plan, promising to use all necessary state, local, federal, and military resources to carry out the largest domestic deportation operation in American history. That basically is the uh, operation that's going to be necessary to get rid of all of the uh, illegal people that have been brought here since Joe Biden began his uh, reign uh, of terror in 2021. Uh, this was also an opportunity for CPAC and and uh, uh, the straw poll to take place, uh, which saw that President Trump took over 60 percent of the vote, uh, much higher than his nearest competitor, which would have been Ron DeSantis. Uh, we also had a straw poll that was taken for vice president. And the people who uh, got the most votes here uh, were perhaps a, a little bit uh, surprising as well. Um, Ron DeSantis could not gather 20% of the vote. Uh, there was a guy named Perry Johnson. He's a billionaire businessman from Michigan. Uh, he actually took third place over South Carolina's former governor, Nikki Haley, and of course, uh, former vice president, Mike Pence. But anyway, you slice it. President Trump was the top of the heap. And I think that that will be true uh, when we get to 2024, nobody else can go up against President Trump, uh, not even Ron DeSantis, no matter how how much the rhino establishment wants you to believe that Ron DeSantis is going to challenge Donald Trump. He won't. Uh, and I, I don't really think Perry Johnson is any type of threat to, to President Trump either. He's kind of similar in that he is an outsider. He's a conservative. He's a he's a billionaire businessman. Uh, and, you know, he says the right things. He said that he's pro-life. He's pro-Second Amendment. He's pro-freedom. 
Um, but he's not going to go up against President Trump. He did put out this uh, kind of interesting video. I don't watch the Super Bowl, so I didn't see this, but I, I did. I thought this was funny, so I wanted to play it for you guys. Let me blow this up here. Senator Schumer, what are you doing about the bloated cost of government? Got any pie? Our fat, bloated government is choking us with inflation. Milk, eggs, heat, unaffordable. Just pay the government more. That's not the solution. That's the problem. We know bestest. Bester. More besterest. I'm Perry Johnson. I've written a book called Two Cents to Save America. If Washington cuts the budget just 2% a year, problem solved. Perry Johnson brought quality controls to Detroit that saved the American automobile industry. Next, he'll save America. Yes, I want the whole pie. Get two books. Send one to Schumer. I'm serious. This isn't rocket science. We can afford to live again. Order Perry Johnson's Two Cents to Save America today. I'm Perry Johnson. I approve this message. So I'm all about good ideas. Uh, Perry Johnson could have a place in the Trump administration. Uh, personally, I think that it's going to be President Trump and Vice President Kerry Lake. Uh, I think that those two together would just be a dynamite team. And I think it would absolutely rock the political world. Uh, I am 100% behind that matchup. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what happened. Uh, here is more video of Joe Biden falling down the stairs. How many videos of Joe Biden tumbling down the stairs? Are we one just get? like that. He touched down not even four hours that ago. That was a quick trip. But as you said, very impactful. The president also traveling with the press corps. So they will be on Air Force One. Uh, given the salute. They must have followed my advice and gotten him some rubber slip-ons uh, as he's going up those stairs uh, because he almost lost it, almost lost it. Uh, and of course, uh, there is the famous video from 2021 of Joe Biden, <laughs> seriously, oh, losing the war. Come on, Joe. Oof. Oh, gosh. You know that hurt. All right. So somebody in the chat said, what about Carrie Lake's fight in Arizona? She can still wage that battle in Arizona, but... I, I think that we can also talk about Carrie Lake coming to Washington, D.C. with President Trump, uh, because I think that she could go there. All right. We also have word that uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci was commissioning papers to put people off of the possibility of a lab leak. And then he used those papers as evidence to support his agenda, saying that it wasn't from the lab leak. You know, I, I think that uh, the connection between Anthony Fauci and Wuhan, China, and gain-of-function research 
uh, is obviously bad no matter where this virus came from or this pathogen, shall we say. Um, This is also something I think people should be keeping an eye on. Uh, Russia is claiming that there are missile and drone attacks within its borders. I also got word from someone, I I don't want to name them, and I guess I'm not going to say exactly. um, Someone sent me a message saying that there are U.S. troops that are being staged in Poland to assist in the war between Ukraine and Russia. And now Russia is claiming that there are missile and drone attacks that are happening within its borders. Uh, As we know, Russia and Poland are very close to each other. So there is a distinct possibility that the United States could be helping uh, to stage these attacks that Russia is seeing inside their borders. So the governor of Belgorod, which is a Russian province on the other side of the border from Kharkiv, Ukraine, said earlier today, yesterday, or yeah, no, earlier today, that at least one person was wounded by falling debris after three missiles were intercepted near the town of Novi Oskol. Uh, a man with shrapnel wounds to his hand was given military, or excuse me, given medical assistance. Uh, and the good news is that the missiles have been shot down. Now, the real question is, where did those missiles originate from? Uh, if the United States, under Joe Biden, if the deep state is uh, at the point where they're ready to start a full-scale war with Russia because the American people are no longer buying the uh, argument that we need to support the Ukrainians. You know, this could obviously be it. Uh, This this UAV that they reported as well, uh, this crashed into an empty fuel tank at a pipeline substation also in Belgorod. Uh, There was a one-meter hole that was blown in the tank and it prompted an evacuation. However, no injuries were uh, suggested either. So just something to keep an eye out for. I know that um, the uh, the goals of the deep state are not the goals of America, and uh, the attacks on Russia could equate into real-life consequences that we find as well. This is, I have a couple of stories for you about gun ownership, you guys. I'm sure that you heard about this. A whistleblower from Bank of America is stating that Bank of America has been giving the private customer information of its customers to the FBI after they purchase guns. If you have a Bank of America, yes, where is the congressional approval for the troops being sent to Poland? There is none. There is none. That's the thing that's really frightening. Uh, We haven't approved anything. Congress hasn't approved anything. The American people are not in favor of this war in between Ukraine and Russia. It's not our fight. And yet here we are. We're actually sending troops over there. And there have been rangers in Ukraine for years, as Donnie Darko says. We've covered that uh, on the uh, on the show on a number of occasions as well. you know, what's what's concerning to me is our increased presence in the Ukraine area, in Eastern Europe, because obviously we've got NATO there, so we've got U.S. troops there as part of NATO, I'm certain. Uh, the army may be moving into Europe. I know someone. Uh, Awaken Mom, if you can send me an email, I would like to know more about it. Get the information out to you. Uh, let's see. Yeah, uh, so this, 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 this question of Bank of America handing over its customer data to the FBI. I mean, it's it's essentially a gun registry. We learned about this several months ago that certain banks and credit cards were going to start 
coding weapons purchases differently so that that could more easily be obtained by the FBI. Um, This information was given in a closed-door House Judiciary Committee meeting back in February, uh, and it was in regards to the movements of people that were apparently in D.C. on January 6th. So a retired FBI National Security Intelligence Supervisor, George Hill, who was based in the Boston field office in 2021, said that the Bank of America was providing a list to the FBI of all customers who made transactions in or around Washington, D.C. between January 5th and January 7th. So if you just happen to be in the D.C. area purchasing a weapon in that time span, you would have ended up on this list. And that's a scary thing to be on the radar of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. What's great is that he was at the FBI. He came forward to say that the FBI was compiling this list uh, and that Bank of America had no directive from the FBI to compile the list, but that it handed it over anyway. And it was from credit card and debit card data. Uh, This is obviously part of the government investigation into the weaponization of government, the Congress's investigation into the weaponization of government. It's a very serious thing that's been happening here, and we've seen people who have conservative points of view get targeted by federal agencies such as the Department of Justice and, of course, the FBI, and it's something that we cannot allow to keep happening. I'm hoping that this will put a chilling effect onto the FBI's attempts to persecute God-fearing American patriots. However, uh, unfortunately, I think this is just the the tip of the iceberg. We're we're going to be finding out that they've been looking at these things a lot more closely than people would have liked to have imagined. Uh, Democrats are saying that these witnesses are so-called whistleblowers, and they put out a report last week that was attempting to discredit the information before it came out. Uh, And uh, they said that this witness had provided unreliable testimony about Bank of America. He had no knowledge of the actual origins of this supposed evidence, never used the evidence himself, and never looked at the actual document containing the information. Uh, And that there was less than a dozen cases related to January 6th. If it was one case, that's too many. All right, because this is a slippery slope that allows for more of this information to be handed over to the government. All right, um, let me see here. Sterling says, I got a question. If Russia nuked D.C. tomorrow, should we go to war with them or thank them? I'm going to stay out of that one. I think you know how I feel, though. If Washington, D.C. were to get nuked, I would just stay away from the East Coast. Anyways, when whistleblower testimony comes out about President Trump making a phone call, oh, that's front page news. But when it comes out about Bank of America and the FBI spying on American citizens based upon their constitutionally protected purchases, well, then, of course, it's unreliable testimony. This is a big problem. I don't care if it was one, if it was 10, if it was 25, if it was 2,000 or 100,000. The FBI has no right to be taking note and making lists of Americans who are purchasing guns or ammunition or anything because that's protected. That is a constitutionally protected activity. And every single one of us have the right to do whatever we want within the boundaries of the law. And simply purchasing a gun based upon your geolocation does not a terrorist make you. Now, 
I have spoken about the ATF's new pistol brace ban at length a number of times on this channel. And I can tell you now, I have also told you to join the gun owners of America. And gun owners of America have now joined up with Ken Paxton from Texas, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, uh, to file a preliminary injunction against the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, the ATF. On February 9th, Paxton and GOA filed their initial lawsuit, uh, and they have stated that the pistol brace rule is yet another attempt by the Biden regime to create a workaround to the U.S. Constitution and expand gun registration in America. So what would happen if you are a gun owner and you own a pistol brace? And I am one of those people. I have probably three or four guns with pistol braces on them. Uh, that would force me to register those guns and register them with the ATF as short-barreled rifles, although they are not short-barreled rifles. These are uh, implements that are used to stabilize a gun so that you can shoot it with one hand. So anyways, if you don't register those guns as short-barreled rifles and put yourself on that list at the ATF, then you then become a felon, and that's a felony punishable by up to 10 years in prison, uh, and I think $10,000 per gun. Uh, so now, you, and you have 120 days to do it. So you're between a rock and a hard place. You either become a felon uh, and hide the fact that you own these these uh, uh, pieces of equipment, or you go ahead and put yourself on the list and you submit yourself to the mercy of the federal government. Um, so I'm very happy that the uh, GOA and Attorney General of Texas are attempting to get this stopped. This preliminary injunction could potentially make it so that we don't have to register these things. Now, the one good thing about this, as far as the registration is concerned, is that it, it's, it would save you a lot of money. <laughs> and if you wanted to put yourself uh, and register these guns, then you could, or you could, you could customize these guns in any way that you want, in, in ways that you couldn't uh, otherwise, that would, you know, make you a felon. But uh, this is what they really want you to do. They basically want you to be too afraid to register these guns and destroy them uh, or just throw away the pistol's stabilizing brace. You could also destroy the whole firearm uh, or you could go ahead and convert it into the long-barreled rifle as well or convert it into the short-barreled rifle by filling out the Form 1. <clears throat> so by seeking this preliminary injunction... Uh, they are claiming that the ATF has done a 180-degree pivot on pistol stabilizing braces, going from viewing them as lawful to now viewing them as short-barreled rifles. It is a convoluted mess what the ATF has done. Uh, for nearly a decade, they've basically said that stabilizing braces are just fine. Now, all of a sudden, because it's Joe Biden and his ATF, uh, they are now claiming that these are SBRs. It's a it's a, a big difference between these guys. And this is definitely something to watch um, because, you know, it's getting to the point. We've got 120 days. I don't even know how much time we have left, but we're coming up on that point where, you know, we're going to have to make a decision. Are we going to register these firearms or are we going to destroy them? Personally, I'm I don't want to destroy them. I got too much money in these things and they're they're awesome. I, I want to keep them. They're great. Uh heading over here to the foxhole. 
thank you to Vector who said, open border is bringing in assets who will commit attacks all over the country. Terrorists are literally prepping. Liberty Bells says, love you, RP78. Uh, God bless you. Curious Patriot says, thanks, Zach. It's always great to catch you live. Glad you're here. Uh, dropped a couple of cookies as well. Boise Blanc dropped a cookie. And then Napkinator79 says, uh, you've been A1 from day one, RP. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. 1776 Rebel Patriot says, do not comply with unconstitutional BS laws and regulations. They do not have the authority to do this. No, you're absolutely right. They do not have the authority to do this, but that's not going to stop them from coming into your home and locking you up for years, for decades. It's absolutely one of the most scary things that I can possibly imagine because I think you're abs- I think you're totally right. They don't have the authority to do this. Uh, these are regulations that are given the power of laws, but they are not laws because they're not passed by Congress. It's been abdicated uh, to the ATF and they can just make these things up willy nilly. And that's why it's so important that we support constitutionally protected policies such as what the the gun owners of America and Ken Paxton are trying to continue to implement. All right. If you guys have ever wondered what the future of America looks like, under diversity, equity, and inclusion, take a look at South Africa, because this is a war-torn hellhole that is falling onto the brink of civil war. Uh, The conditions there are absolutely atrocious. You have uh, barely any city services. The electricity grid has been decimated because junkies have stolen the copper to sell. They are pulling these uh, main lines out of the ground and slicing them and then taking that copper and uh, using it to buy heroin and other junk. And right now they are on completely life support, okay? It's absolutely horrific there in South Africa. Uh, They're telling people to prepare for blackouts, uh, asking people to stock up on food and water. Uh, They, and that's the point, Zach. They want us scared. We need to get the word out to our friends and neighbors. Absolutely. Don't let them into your home. They cannot enter without a search warrant. Yeah. Uh, If the ATM shows up at your door, the first thing you tell them to do is to contact your attorney and ask them if they have uh, a search warrant and then don't let them in. Uh, But man, those those guys are not nice. They are not nice. But the people that I've spoken with in South Africa, uh, it is a dangerous, dangerous place. I mean, if there was ever uh, a country where you should be armed, South Africa is it. Because they will pull up behind you and steal your car. They will pull you out and they will murder you. Uh, They will come into your home and burn you alive. Uh, It is a bad, bad scene there right now. Um, And what they've done to white farmers is unconscionable. Uh, They have taken land that was previously farmed by white farmers that fed the entire nation. And they have essentially turned it into useless plots of land because the people that have taken it over don't have the knowledge or the understanding or the skill required to farm that land. And then at the same time, they put people into positions of power that have no skill, that have no uh, no knowledge or understanding. And as a result, it's become extremely corrupt. Uh, and now you have people without power. You have people without water. And uh, you have riots and, and, uh, and just horrible things happening in the street. Look at this. 
uh, here is a, a major road and they have tires burning and uh, people standing there trying to stop traffic. This is the same type of thing that Antifa is doing here in America. And uh, South Africa is a cautionary tale for the people of our nation. And on that note, take a look at this. We have a university professor from Southern Illinois. Her name is Angel Jones, and she's arguing that black people in America should get special paid time off as bereavement so that they can deal with the systemic racism that they have to put up with on a daily basis. Uh, this is one of the most idiotic ideas that I could possibly imagine. Um, bereavement for having to be black. Well, you know, as a professor at the University of, of Southern Illinois, uh, it doesn't seem like she is dealing with uh, a profound uh, amount of oppression. Uh, she's probably fairly well respected in her field. Uh, but she published this article suggesting that she and the other black staff should be given time off to deal with their racial battle fatigue. Racial battle fatigue. Uh, and uh, yeah, I just I, I just don't understand how people can look at these ideas with anything other than comical derision. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me anyways. All right, you guys. Um. I think we're going to call it a day right there because that was uh, the entirety of uh, of the stories that I wanted to make sure we got through. Tonight at 1030 on Baseless Conspiracies, John and I are going to be talking about the moon landing. So make sure that you tune in for that. Uh, yes, she is a hate preacher. It's a spirit. You're absolutely right. Yes. Yes. Uh, Algorithm Q says 90% of all Americans have at least 2% black heritage. So, yeah, I mean, basically everybody would have, you know, let's just call a national holiday. Let's just call a national holiday and be over and done with it. Um, okay, so on that note, I will be back tonight at 1030. I will also be there at uh, to talk about the moon landing. And then tomorrow at 1 p.m., Occam's Razor. And then at 6, uh, my show with Clandestine. So until that time, good luck and God bless. I'm going to pass out the gold pills over here on the foxhole. The scratching has been released. All right, you guys, I'll see you tonight.